Blog Talk Radio. This is the reason for the life that you see and hear. Every single lonely kid that I see and hear. Every spark of artistic inspiration that could jumpstart the aching hearts you want to be clear. And let me be clear, I am not an idol. Like a child, I am full of fear. I might rise, I might stumble. I might crumble, but I will never cheat here. And I will never pour you cheap beer. I pledge you the best of my recipes. The best I have left in me, the stress and messiness, the honesty and the struggle will always be real. And I do it because I grew up with the muses I heard in the music that I played on my computer. You see, I'm a student of those singers and producers, and I'm just hoping my voice will reach the future. So if you listen to this on YouTube or if you download the MP3, I just hope every time you hear my voice speak through these beats that you know I wrote this song for you. Jason Chu, Asian. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, y'all kind. Asian American hip hop, hip hop artist and rapper Jason Chu. He's on a mission to speak hope and healing to a broken world and to bring stories of a generation that's filled with fear and joy. And Jason, we're so honored to have you here. Also joining us today is the executive director of Inheritance Media, co-founder of Inheritance Magazine, Will Singh. Will, um, Inheritance Magazine, is a media ministry that serves to network the Asian American Christian to each other and to the global community. Their hope is to bring help in developing the faith and the identity of Asian American Christians and to mobilize them for action into churches and in communities and to do it in obedience with God and his word. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining us today on Sylvia Global Media Network. And I'm the host, Gail Sylvia. That's <laughs> well, a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. You know, um, next week is a very is a historic event that's taking place in Washington, D.C. The KCCD, the Korean Church Community Development Agency, under the leadership of Ms. Haypen M., who was a guest on the show actually yesterday, is leading the 7th National Lighting the Community Summit Conference. And it is also an opportunity for the Asian American Pacific Islander faith community to unite and to be witnesses, advocates, and partners in the public sphere associated with policy. Both of you will be attending. Will, can we start with you and have you talk to us about why you're going and why this um, summit is important? Well, I just think this is a historic event. This is just a fantastic show. I feel like a lot of Asian American Christians are finally finding their voice, this platform to be able to go and voice their concerns. Um, not just in our local communities, not just at our churches and our fellowships, but on uh, you know a national level, and just for you know them to be able to show up in force and be able to say just to even be a city on a hill, you know, on Capitol Hill, and, and be like, hey, you know, um, these are the things that we are concerned about. These are the things that we struggle with. Um, let's work together and overcome these problems. I think 
um, just even being invited to DC in the first place is just a huge step forward in the right direction. And that's why uh, Inheritance Magazine and Inheritance Media really is uh, honored to be a part of this. And, uh, you know, we look forward to, you know, both covering the event and uh, just meeting all the other fellow leaders in the nation. What are some of the issues that have that have been, you know, so significant and underrepresented in terms of addressing with, you know, from Washington within the Asian American community? Oh, man, there's a uh, – where to Pick begin? One. There's yeah. so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, you know, even from the lower ones, I, I, you know, I'll say some for Jason because I feel like there's also a lot of, um, for example, a lot of interpersonal um, problems. There's a lot of um, cultural confusion, uh, lack of confidence, but those are kind of on a more micro level. I mean, on a macro kind of level, um, I feel like even when it comes to, uh, like, even, like, certain issues, like, like there's a uh, – there's uh, a lot of issues right now with uh, – there's somebody called Kenneth Bay who's uh, currently struggling. Uh, we're struggling with a lot of issues on a national level to be able to to deal with that situation. There's a couple in Qatar uh, currently who's dealing with, um, you know, um, I, I don't even know how to get into it. There's uh, a lot of uh, political uh, confusion, misrepresentation. Um, all these are Asian-American mm-hmm. employees. These are Christians, and – you know, when news broke out of what was going on with this, I felt immediately my concern was that I didn't know if they had a voice. I didn't know if people would be able to stand up for them. I didn't know if they had advocates. Um, so it's a, that question has multiple levels. There's, there's so many things we just really need to overcome and expand and, and progress on. Uh, me, Jason, uh, yeah. you have any thoughts on that? Oh, sorry. Before you yeah, I mean, Jason, yeah, let me just oh, give yeah. our audience mm-hmm. a little bit of context here. You just made reference to Kenneth Bay. I just want our audience to understand the significance of what Will just said. Kenneth Bay mm-hmm. is a South Korean with U.S. citizenship citizenship, excuse me, he was convicted by North Korea on charges of planning to overthrow the North Koreans. And, um, you know, there was, there there needs to be more awareness brought around that particular case because um, there's, mm-hmm. he is a U.S. citizen and there's not sufficient advocacy um, for him and justice in this case, and there is an opportunity because of the AAPI summit to be able to bring this to the attention of global leaders and and people who could actually make a difference in achieving justice for him. The same holds true for the other couple from San Gabriel, California, who have been based in Qatar, um, Grace and Matthew Hong. Um, they adopted children from Africa. They're an Asian-American couple, and one of their adoptee daughters, who they love dearly, died due to a mm-hmm. like, disorder. But yet within the cultural context and the legal system of that particular foreign country, even though they're U.S. citizens, and there are some, um, there has seemed to be some really clearly um, – you know, some misrepresentations of the facts within that system, that they too need advocates to represent them. Is it because they're Asian Americans that they're underrepresented and this is not garnering the type of um, coverage and advocacy that should be happening, or are there other circumstances? This is what Washington, D.C., and the AAPI community um, is able to do, and the significance of it runs beyond just um, that. These two 
um, specific examples, but the power of the voice, the power of influence, and when we don't know how to tap into it or where to go or to reach out and use that voice, then lives are at stake, lives are actually lost and incarcerated. And what Inheritance Magazine does is bring this to the forefront. Jason, in your own way, you do the same thing in terms of raising the voice, bringing the message, changing the message. And this is what I want to make sure that the Sylvia Global audience understands is that when we feel that we're underrepresented or we're not represented at all, whether it's at that micro level or that macro level, there is a power, a grace, and a will and a way to be able to impact change and to know that we're not alone in that struggle. And that's what Washington, D.C. will see happen with the Asian American Christian leadership there. Jason, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, uh, straight up, you know, um, actually, to me, it's not even necessarily one issue or another to advocate for. Mm. It's just the whole issue that there there are Asian American issues. Mm. Um, because right, straight right. up, I don't think people think that Asian Americans, I just think people don't think about Asian Americans at all. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's mm. not even, it's not even like, oh, yo, you know, like, like, yeah, like, Asian Americans suffer in, like, uh, X, Y, and Z, mm. and, uh, and we really want to, you know, highlight that. It's more just like, yo, we exist. Um, because straight up, I think that there's a lot about our community that gets overlooked, um, you know, and whether that's due to uh, certain cultural traits, whether that is just straight up due to racism, um, whether that's due to, you know, there's a whole combination of factors, I think, mm. uh, that do combine to, in a lot of ways, having the needs and the stories and the voices, the contributions, even the potential resources within the Asian American community um, be vastly overlooked. Mm. And uh, just because, you know, when, when people think of, like, oh, you know, what can we tap into? Or, hey, here's some resources. How can we allocate them? Mm. Um, I think in a lot of ways, um, the Asian American narrative, you know, the story uh, at least in, in the popular eye, the public eye, the story of what it means to be Asian in America is one that's not in, in a lot of ways uh, represented or understood, whether that's in media, whether that's in policy decision-making, um, and, and so on. Like, for example, right, like, uh, so, so this summit is actually specifically uh, not, not even, it's, it's even more micro-focused than, you know, just Asian-American leaders. You know, it's Asian-American Christian faith leaders, and, uh, and I think, you know, there's, there's straight up actually a lot of people out there who if you tell them that actually like, oh, yo, the Asian American community is actually deeply, deeply influenced and in a lot of ways uh, grounded by Christian institutions, um, a lot of people don't even know that. A lot of people don't even know that, you know, something like, you know, a very high percentage, uh, especially of East Asians, uh, actually grew up in church or is affiliated with a church. Um, you know, there's still old stereotypes about, you know, uh, the ways that, you know, the philosophies or the cultural institutions of Asian Americans that are actually misrepresentations of, you know, I think sort of our actual cultural heritage as Asian Americans. Can you give an not example? Not as first-generation immigrants. Um, okay, so I remember, for example, actually, and this, this isn't necessarily uh, – America, but just in general, what it feels like to have an Asian face. Um, you know, my parents come from China, uh, or my parents are of Chinese heritage. And I was actually, this was funny, I was in London uh, on a missions trip one time. I was, you know, I was a sophomore year in college. 
I was actually going, you know, we went to talk to international students at, uh, at certain, you know, uh, universities in London. And, you know, just, just share love with them, you know, maybe talk about the Bible or whatever. And I remember I was out there, and there's this place called Speaker's Corner where people debate. Uh, people talk about different philosophies. People talk about different religions. And, uh, and we were out there, and I remember there was a bunch of people, uh, you know, a little fundamentalist, a little, you know, belligerent, not to, not to stereotype, but, um, but they were Christians also, and they were trying to speak and engage with people and, you know, debate. Um, and I remember they were talking with, like, some, some, you know, people. And I came up and tried to join the conversation. And, uh, and one, you know, uh, Caucasian, Anglo, English man uh, who was Christian and trying to talk about revelations or something, um, I came up and tried to join the conversation. And he completely sidelined me. He was just like, oh, don't listen to him. He's, you know, he's Buddhist. It's whatever. And I'm like, yo, dog, you don't even know me. Like, you don't even know who I am. You don't even know where I'm coming from. Yo, dog, like, if anything, we're on the same side. But, you know, because I think there is this misrepresentation of, especially, you know, in, in Western culture, because... To me, you know, being Asian is actually a little different from being Asian American. Mm, mm. And, you know, Asian, and, and this, is, this is something, you know, so as a hip-hop artist, I go out, I perform at different campuses and different places. And, uh, and it's always interesting, I think, because I do actually get to engage with a lot of Asian students. And, uh, and actually last night, so we had this show at the University of Delaware last night, and I got this comment afterward on my Facebook page from actually this, uh, this Chinese girl uh, an international student at the University of Delaware. And she said, she left a comment saying something like, hey, uh, I'm a Chinese girl studying business here. And up till, you know, today, I, I felt like, you know, I didn't really understand my Asian American friends, uh, you know, because we grew up so differently and I assumed certain things about them uh, and the way they grew up. But after hearing your music, I realized that, you know, that your guys' lives, like, you know, you do have, like, you know, in the same way that, that I struggled growing up and I felt pressure, you guys have your own struggles and pressures. And, and, and I was like, wow, that's the biggest compliment I could get because um, I feel like for me in my music and then, you know, not to project, but also in this whole summit the whole, or this whole conference in D.C., the idea is really to put our stories out there and say, like, look, we're not saying we have it worse off than anybody you know, we're, we're, not, we're not trying to be like, yo, Asian Americans got it hard out here. It's hard, to be, it's hard to be yellow in America or, you know, we're brown or whatever. But we're, you know, but, but we're saying, like, it's not about, like, woe is me, like, who's got the worst story so that Washington can throw some dollars their way mm. or so that, you know, uh, like, like lawmakers can choose us instead of any other, you know, disenfranchised or minority or, you know, like, whatever other issue. Uh, the idea is just saying, like, yo, we exist. We exist, and our stories matter, our lives matter. You know, our parents have certain needs as they get older. You know, our, our peers have certain needs um, that are going unmet. And one day, you know, like, when my generation, as my generation starts having children that grow up, they're also going to have certain needs that if you don't understand our stories – how can we contribute to America straight up? You know, like if our stories aren't being heard and affirmed, how can we bring that to the table? Um, so for me, you know, I mean, I'm super excited about this whole, you know, uh, this whole conference um, and the initiative 
that's that's going to be coming out of it, and you know hopefully a lot of a lot of the relationships and the connections that will be formed between the API uh, Christian faith community and you know whether that's lawmakers, whether that's influencers, whether that's you know people in different branches of government, because I think that it's just going to be an exciting way to to start those conversations and start having our lifestyles and our stories and our backgrounds begin to enter that, you know, that public sphere. So that's why I'm going. That's why I'm going to D.C. I'm driving, I'm driving a lot this weekend, but I'm going to be driving down on Sunday, you know? Mm-hmm. How about you, Will? What are your – thank you, Jason. How about you? What are your thoughts? Absolutely. On? Everything that Jason just said completely resonated with, with what Inheritance Magazine has had to deal with, um, you know, ever since we started a couple of years ago. Um, one of the most common questions we get is just – why Asian American? You know, why why not just you know just Christian and everything? Isn't being Asian American Christian the same as just being a Christian mm-hmm. like anywhere else for anyone else? Mm-hmm. And um, I realize a lot of times faith is just shaped by this lens of culture, and a lot of times this lens of culture, at least for Asian Americans, is unseen. Sometimes you know people don't acknowledge it as a real thing. And like what Jason's story said about you know somebody coming up and realizing, hey, there is a difference between Asian and Asian American. These are the things that we. You know, we always kind of knew in the back of our heads, but we never really realized. Maybe we didn't talk about it. And Inheritance Magazine, I think we realized a long time ago that it's this lack of communication, whether between individuals or between organizations or churches, that kind of leads to this confusion. And the reason we have no communication, which means there really can't be any sense of unity, without any sense of unity, we can't really have kind of this combined identity. And without this identity, how can we have any progress? Which is why, you know, this this trip to D.C. is actually really encouraging because, you know, people are really just coming together to be able to, like, kind of, uh, I mean, I think just even the idea of people coming together and and acknowledging that, hey, you know, there are these things that we deal with uh, is just a huge step forward in the right direction. Um, You know, we just don't, I mean, I think with Inheritance Magazine, we realize that with Without a sense of identity, oftentimes it leads to confusion or um, or even depression in, in certain people. So I think uh, this is – I just have a lot of high hopes, you know, for the D.C. trip. Uh, everything that Jason said, I think – I couldn't have said it better than him, actually. Mm. Um, everything that he said just kind of really resonated with me. I just received a, a an email, actually, from a listener um, saying, oh, does, does being a Christian complicate the model minority myth? Wow. Wow, that's wow. huge. That's huge. Um oh, yeah, okay. I'm, <laughs> um yeah, so I guess yeah, you know, if if anybody on on the, you know, who's listening doesn't know like the model minority myth, right? Is this idea, this stereotype that Asians um you know, we we serve as the quote-unquote model for for all minorities. It's like, "Oh, yo, you know, our people came to this country and they just worked hard." And guess what? Like, they got ahead and, you know, like, are stable now, um, which is true to varying degrees. But the unfortunate thing is that it's often used to pit Asians against other yes. ethnic minorities and say, oh, yo, you yep. know, the Asians could make it, so why can't you? You know, mm-hmm. like, they, they don't complain, so why don't you? You know, and so on. Um, and that's, that's really interesting because I think that, very unfortunately, uh, and this is just speaking for myself and for no one else, and I would love to hear Will's take on it. And, uh, you know, Gail, I'd, I'd love to hear what, what you think about this. Um, but for me, um, I think that very unfortunately, uh, it can be true. It can be true that being perceived as a Christian, Asian American in particular, um, makes us 
uh, in, in a lot of ways, even quote-unquote safer, mm. um, which is to say mm. that it's like mm-hmm. saying, you know, like, oh, 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 look, they're, you know, they're really keeping their heads down or they're really contributing to society. Um, and, but you know what, I think that this is, there's two kinds of quote-unquote Christianity, which, you know, I'm not even talking, at this point, because to me, Christianity as a word, I don't even necessarily buy into that because it can describe so much. To me, what it comes down to, uh, the reason I identify as a Christian um, is not because of any institutional level, but because I think that, you know, God has been really important in my life, and I want to acknowledge that. But, um, but I think in social terms, there's two kinds of Christianity. There's Christianity that enforces and encourages blending in, and there's Christianity that actually helps, I think, people stand out and stand up mm-hmm. and take a stance. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that, you know, because a lot of uh, Asian heritage cultures do actually really emphasize, hey, uh, you know, harmony, or, you know, it's, it's good to, uh, to, to fit in and to blend in that unfortunately, on a, on a sociological level, there's a lot of ways that religion and the Christian religion uh, can be used to enforce conformity and can be used to just say, like, oh, hey, you know, like, um, listen, listen to people in authority. They know what's good for you. Um, and it can be actually another system of control. Um, but, again, I would say that's not even necessarily just in the Asian American population. Like, you see this across the board ethnically, that there are certain ways that religion can be used uh, to push people into line. Or there are ways that religion can actually be used, you know, as as we read in the Bible, to, you know, like, break the chains and to, you know, free the captives and to bring untold stories to light. Um, So I think it is complicated. I think it is complicated... And there's ways that it can really encourage our community to step forward and own our brokenness and, and put the truth on display. And then there are other ways that, um, that, unfortunately, if we take that path, that it can actually harm and do damage to our voice. You know, in um, February, Bernadette Lem uh, wrote a, a piece where she said that the Asian American community has for decades been presented as a homogeneous group of people who work hard, never complain, live with above average success and satisfaction, and that this is a dangerous myth that ca- that's calculated by the media and ingrained in the minds of the public. Does Inheritance Magazine will um, address this um, intentionally by bring? you know, is that a part of the mission of Inheritance Magazine? I think when it comes to specific uh, model minority myth, mm-hmm. I don't think we make we I don't think in every issue we make it an intensive purpose, but I think it's so ingrained in who we are that it naturally comes mm-hmm. up. Uh, the big thing about Inheritance Magazine is, you know, we don't go around like proclaiming to everyone, "Hey, look at me, you know, I'm a, I'm an Asian American and I'm a Christian. Hear me roar." It's just nor it's just naturally <laughs> who we are, and we express ourselves like that. There's really no other way we know how to do it. Um, as for um, you know, bringing it back to the model minority myth, this I believe roughly there's about 40-45% of Asians in the U.S. population are Christian. So there's actually a fair you know chunk of that you know between being Christian and being non-Christian. Um, one of the big things I um, 
back to the original question, uh, it really intrigued me because I, I was suddenly recalling this story of uh, my aunts and my uncles talking when they first came to the mm. U.S., and a lot of them were not Christian. And a lot of them, I think, they heard of this church, and one of my uncles said, you know what, we should become Christian because it's America's religion. And, you know, to be successful mm-hmm. in this country, you know, maybe we should check this out. So already, even back then, you see this drive, this desire to try to just almost like not be Asian, to, to try to like leave all that behind in hopes of attaining, you know, success in the future. And uh, I think that just set a really, you know, it was kind of a, not the best direction to go, in my opinion. I, I can't say since I wasn't living those times. But um, <laughs> already you kind of see how um, being Asian American and being Christian um, do, does affect the model minority myth. It does complicate it. I think, unfortunately, sometimes people use it, um, actually use religion as a tool, as, as a, as a uh, you know, driving mechanism to change who they are. Um, and that's something that Inheritance Magazine, I think we naturally talk about. We're, we're kind of the products of that the result of that, you know, over, you know, a generation of it. And, um, yeah, I mean, my, our hope is that in the future we, we won't have to do that. We won't have to be, hey, this is America's way of doing things, so let's do it. Instead, we can be, hey, mm-hmm. this is who we are, and uh, mm-hmm. let's gain some clarity about that. Thanks for your, um, your response. Jason, you asked a question earlier before you gave your comments. I want to circle back to that. You know, you were – you know, does it complicate, the being a Christian, complicate the model minority myth? And you asked the question about wanting to hear my opinion on something. What was your question? Oh, yeah, no, I just, I, I'm actually very interested in, you know, as, as, as a friend and ally of the, you know, API community at large, <laughs> um, you know, I'd love, I'd love to hear actually, actually your impression of it because mm-hmm. I think that's very important to me, right, um, is being self-aware enough to understand that. Mm-hmm. The way we represent it to ourselves internally does not always track with how people are seeing it from outside the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, as, as you have friends and, and, you know, allies in the community, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear, hear what your actually perspective on that is. Yeah, I have family in the community, too. Uh, you yeah, know, okay, it, yeah. I think that you've, you know, and we're doing this by radio today, we'll have to come back and do a, a video conversation as well because um, for the audience, I'm, I'm African-American and our two guests today are Asian-American males. And so, you know, why this, you know, the, the real question that happens, even if it's not spoken out loud, is how did she get here? <laughs> You know, what's she doing? you know, what's she doing in the room? You know, Will recently saw me at the Asian American Christian Counseling Center lunch and Jason at you know, the I'm on the board of a Korean community. They're like, what's what's the black lady doing here? You know, it, it really comes from a place of knowing and living and believing. Um thus experiencing how much we have in common. And I think that too often uh, in our society, especially in America, um, but it's you know it's reflected in different ways globally. You know, we 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 make the mistake of stopping with what we see on the outside, and sometimes mm-hmm. I and as I listen to you talk, Jason, about your experience in London, what pained me the most about that is when we're actually invisible. You know, we can mm-hmm. present and not even seen or acknowledged. And I think that's even worse than being seen and acknowledged, even if it's negatively, <laughs> you know, you know mm-hmm. to, to exist 
and to be present and not be seen, heard, or even acknowledged because basically you're not even there. You don't count. It's been one of the things that I've observed um, and experienced, whether as a black female or when I'm with mm-hmm. uh, with my own family and friends who are Asian American. It's like, wow, people, it, it, one of the experiences has been that really stands out for me. It was from uh, uh, several years ago. Uh, well, several being like eight years ago, so not too long ago. But um, you know, my son, you know, was really, and I was, I was glad that it bothered him. It should bother him. You know, he was one of seven African Americans in an all-boy, very prestigious, you know, traditional, um, very wealthy, white, rich all-boy school in Ohio, and there, hmm. there was one Asian kid in his class. And because we're from California, because of the diversity within our own family, you know, we have a mm. we look at the world differently and we see the landscape differently. We look at things differently in the landscape of human existence. And when I picked him up um from school, he was so upset and I said, you know, what's the matter? And he said, you know, some people just don't get it. He said, you know, he said that there were some derogatory things being said to this new student who was Asian, and they mm-hmm. were mocking, you know, the, like, ching-chong man, how you know, like that. And my son said to the, the classmates, he said, you're so ignorant. First of all, he's not Chinese. Second, he speaks English. And if you got out of yourself and saw other people in the world, you'd find out that he knows more about this topic than meets the eyes. And he and this young man, um, along with some other kids from the Middle East, um, and this was on the heels actually of um, 9-11, um, became very closely bonded, one, because someone saw him, someone understood, and then someone spoke up you know, and said something. And, you know, that doesn't always happen. You know, it just doesn't. People see the same thing. They'll hear the same thing. They'll even be offended by other people's behavior, but they'll keep going. And I think that the work that both of you are doing, what KCCD represents and the significance of the AAPI Faith Summit is that you're responding, you see the needs, you understand, you recognize within the the immediate Asian community what's not being said and that someone needs to speak up and to do it also from a place of faith. Um, in terms of me as an African-American woman and why is this so um, such an easy community for me to feel at home within, it's because beyond mm. the, the skin, there's actually so much more that we have in common, work ethics, family values, you know, um, you know, behavior associated with, um, you know, just be quiet, you know, just go and do the right thing. Just go do your work and get it done, you know, that um, characteristics that um, I think the media has helped to negatively perpetuate that, they're, you know, the angry black female or the loud black female, that's not all of us. That's even not, you know, consistent with the, with our total cultural, that image. It, it comes up because of just having mm-hmm. to survive, but there's so much more to us than meets the eye. And, um, you know, when we have, as we do in our family, um, Asian, such an ethnically diverse family, then we have the benefit of being able to know when to um, 
we, we have the benefit of seeing and experiencing the power of love beyond the skin color. You know, we have That's the, beautiful. We have the benefit and the grace to embrace our hair, our color, our ethnic and cultural specialties, but to also be able to do the same with other cultures. Um, I went to school in Japan um, at Watson mm-hmm. Aigaku. Mm-hmm. Um, our son's, you know, godparents are Chinese and Japanese, and then when you break it down, you know, people even tend to lump Asian Americans all as one group. When it's it's <laughs> Asian Americans are yeah. all people. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's that's that's, that's groundbreaking you. that you know that. Thank you, thank you. It's a whole other conversation we can have about diversity. <laughs> of Asian Americans and the significance of an AAPI faith conference mm. with Asian Americans uniting around that. That's, I mean, that's significant in itself given historical, you know, relationships between the countries and the cultures, you know, in the global that's sphere. That's very true. But then when we take mm-hmm. it to individually, and, you know, the same could happen if you, you know, just say black people. It's like, well, are you talking about Ethiopians or are you talking about Caribbeans? You know, are you talking about... Mm. From, right. You know, but we tend right. to, one, I think, make the mistake of lumping everybody into whatever is the easiest ball to wrap them up in that makes other people be able to feel comfortable and to be able to um, just get on with it, you know, just roll it yeah, and I think and, and and I think that's that's actually really important to point out too that you know this we really trying to make this an AAPI face like like face summit like it's it's not just some you know some some Koreans and some Chinese people you know like we've got my homies my Cambodian homies coming yeah. through like I mean you know we've got like actually trying to make this broad based and not just about the concerns of some East Asian Americans right. or like, you know, one denomination. Like we, right. it really is going to be as broad as we could mobilize. So that, right. that's, that's perfect that you say that. Yeah. You know, in closing, we, you know, we have about five minutes. Let me ask both of you why this topic of intersection of faith and the work that you do, why it, when what happened that caused it to become important to you? What what was the defining moment where you knew that this is what at this chapter in life this is what I need to be doing? I think uh, uh, sorry, I'll just go first, Jason. Uh, with Inherit oh, yeah. Magazine, um, it was uh, I think it was it started. I think most big things usually start with small conversations. And it was a small conversation with, uh, you know, me and uh, now our current editor-in-chief, Daniel Cho. And it was, we were just talking. We had just met the day before. And we were talking about just all the the problems that we saw, you know, whether with uh, that Asian Americans struggled with, that Christians struggled with, that our churches were facing and dealing, uh, people leaving, people losing their faith. Um, you know, more so just this topic of always feeling like we're alone. Mm. You know, we were just running our gears by ourselves. And then we were thinking, hey, you know, this is the first time I met you, but if if we're just meeting now for the first time, and, you know, we come from different branch churches, so we should have known each other, but we didn't. And we were thinking, you know, if communication is this bad between us, how bad is communication everywhere else? Is anybody talking about this? Is anybody even kind of raising their voices? And then 
so we kind of started trying to ex- examine this whole situation. We realized there was really no community, and we, we didn't really have any kind of identity. We didn't really have anything. So uh, because of that, we started thinking, hey, you know, what's one good way we can start <laughs> communicating about this? Hey, why don't we start a magazine? <laughs> why don't we, uh, <laughs> you know, see if we can explore this and, you know, see if anybody else is out there. So with us, it was really more kind of just, almost like throwing a lifeline out and seeing, hey, is anybody there on the other mm. end? Is anybody else out there, you know, dealing with what we're dealing with here? You know, like there's there's a collective movement. So feel free to join in. Mm. And the more we explored this, the more we realized just how not alone we were, but also at the same time how diverse the stories are. Um, you, you know, you mentioned before about not being just East Asian. And that's completely true. Uh, there's a, this is a very fantastic uh, Southeast Asian uh, you know, kind of brother in Christ. He's also a ministry worker. And I was talking to him uh, about his struggles and about what his family had to come over with. And we realized the stories were drastically different. You know, um, you mm-hmm. know our, as an East Asian, you know, my parents came over more on the boat of, like, you know, a stable socioeconomic background, wealth. He comes from a war-torn environment. You know, he comes from a situation where he, you know, had to deal with, you know, the death of certain family members and, and, and you know, times of, like, you know, cultural and, and civil, revo- you know, revo- revolution. And I realized I, it was hard for me to relate on that note, but I realized at the very end of the day, we were all here by the grace of God. Mm. Like, God somehow brought all of us to America through different circumstances, through, um, you know, different trials, and yet we were, we were both here, you know, to be able to serve the kingdom. And uh, it's just a fantastic journey. Um, of, of trying to understand this, and uh, that's what Inheritance Magazine will keep on trying to, trying to explore this landscape and, and bring clarity and, uh, and understanding to our people. How can our audience be supportive of Inheritance Magazine, and how can they learn more? Well, uh, they can visit us at uh, www.inheritancemag.com. Uh, you can sign up for a free subscription. We're a bi-monthly magazine. We send out a new issue every two months. Um, they can also sign up for our mailing list. We have our Facebook group, Twitter, and all that. Um, we're always looking for people to communicate with. So if people have, you know, their unique stories, um, their unique kind of uh, perspectives on things, we'd love to hear it. Um, our job is to be able to get out there and, and see what's going on and have a pulse on the community and then spread that to others and connect people, you know. So, yeah, feel please uh, connect with us. Get your free subscription of Inheritance Magazine. We'd love to, you know, talk with you and communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Jason, how yeah. about you? Yes. What was the defining moment? Yeah, I think for me, um, the defining moment was when I realized that uh, I I could and I should be honest. Um, and, and what I mean by that is um, for, for a long time, uh, like, like for me, I think I was just in my arts. Um, I was just trying to get better at it. And I was just trying to, you know, become more technically proficient as an MC, as a musician, as a performer. Um, but then at a certain point in the last few years, and it was actually the point when I went full-time with music, uh, when I realized that I'm not doing this just to make some more, like, good-sounding music, just to, like, put some more music into the world. Um, I'm doing this, and, and the best way to be an artist is to be honest. And so I don't actually identify as a Christian artist, but I identify as just an artist, period. And so I think that, but I've learned that being an artist means being honest. And so that means being honest about what it means to be Asian American. That means being honest 
about what it means uh, to be somebody who does have a certain relationship with God and who do, does interact with God in certain ways uh, and through Scripture. And I think that as I've learned to be more and more honest in more and more public venues, whether that's the radio, whether that's my new album, whether that's on you know, Twitter or Instagram, or whether that's in person at a concert, uh, the more that I've learned to not fear honesty, the more that very naturally all of these topics have come together, mm-hmm. whether it's faith identity, whether it's ethnic identity, whether that's you know, social interactions. Um, and, and I think that that honesty is what will save us. That honesty is what will help us be self-aware and help us you know, be, um, con- continue to push these even awkward or, or even very uncomfortable conversations forward is when we're willing to let these things come into the light. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so, so for me, that was, that was a turning point. Um, you know, and I see this in Inheritance. They put out some very interesting, very raw articles um, that don't just, you know, gloss over subjects, but actually dig into it. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, I uh, just put out this new album, uh, Millennial. Millennial, yeah. Millennial is mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. That's, that's kind of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's, you know, that, that's on iTunes. Uh, they can find it on Amazon. They can stream it on Spotify. Just search for my name, Jason Chu, C-H-U. And, uh, and you know, and, and two of the, the three singles that we chose from the album, one of them deals with, uh, with, with cutting and with mental health issues and with mm. depression, which is actually a major component of the Asian American experience. I know a lot of yeah. Asian Americans who struggle yeah. with mental health issues, mm. but uh, because yeah. it's taboo in, you know, uh, society in general, but especially in Asian society, a lot of that goes unaddressed. Um, and, then, and then one of the other singles is actually about pornography uh, and sexual, uh, like, addiction, um, which, you know, is another thing that, that is sort of a quiet struggle of, I think, a lot of people, um, that it, it goes hinted at but not acknowledged. Um, but I've been realizing that, you know, just by putting these things out there uh, through my music, um, that allows faith to enter into the conversation mm-hmm. because when it comes into the light, then we can start bringing some of these other resources in and saying, well, what does it look like to, to talk that through? What does it look like to pray through that? And so on. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, you know, I, I'd love for people to check out the album. Uh, like you said before, everything's available, uh, and, and links are all at uh, Jason Chu Music, Jason C-H-U Music, and that goes for Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, my web presence, uh, and they can just put my name into YouTube if they're interested in looking at those singles. You know, gentlemen, it's been quite it's an honor. Yeah, have it, and it is. I w- encourage our listeners um, to definitely pick that up because and be supportive of the work of both of these guests. Uh, you know, in closing, you reminded me of uh, an experience that I had. And Jason, this is back to the question you asked me earlier. Uh, when I was living in Japan, and it was really mm. just following the voice of the Holy Spirit. It was like, why Japan and go for a year? And it was a def- one of those defining life experiences that, you know, life was going one direction, and then because of following that calling and stepping out even in stepping out in faith and overcoming the fear by staying on the faith side, I ended up at a Chinese church, a member of a Chinese church <laughs> That's awesome. in Tokyo. 
and where most of the American students were, you know, who were Christians were going to either Little Tokyo, uh, I mean, the Tokyo Union Church, not Little Tokyo, real to, the Tokyo Union Church. Um, <laughs> real the, Tokyo. You know, the real Tokyo um, English-speaking <laughs> service, or they were going to, you know, um, Anglo missionary churches. Um, I, somehow mm-hmm. I end up being drawn to, with Ting Mama to a Chinese church. And I went on a youth retreat, and I was actually very timid, very shy. This was a big step of faith um, for me Mm -hmm. to even be there. And I went on this um, church retreat, and I remember being, um, I actually was crying in private that instead of putting me in the, the cabins with the the ladies that were my age group in college, they put me with all the quote unquote all the old ladies, and I thought, wow, you know, on the surface wow. that it was because no one wanted to be with me, and that uh, yeah. of isolation and pain. And then at night when um, we were all getting ready for bed, it turned out all the older ladies were in an open room. They did, it wasn't like paired off two to a room. There were about um, eight of us in one big open room, multiple beds. And we were getting ready for bed, and as each of them, and I'm talking, these are women at the time who were in their 70s and older, they were unwrapping, you know, taking off their clothes, and as they unwrapped their feet, I could see that their feet had been bound as little girls. And I had only, you know, read about that. I had never seen that. I never met that. And the only language, the only way we could communicate was in Japanese because they spoke Chinese and Japanese and I spoke English and Japanese. And my <laughs> Japanese wasn't um, very, you know, wasn't very good. 